0: Hi this is Albert and this is Luke. Today is Monday the 30th of November and welcome to
1: the Telescope Investing Podcast. Last week, we took a look at Chris Mayer's book, 100 Baggers, a collection of his research on the companies that have delivered 100 times
0: returns over the last 50 years. And we invited listeners to email us with their suggestions for the
1: next 100-bagger opportunity.
0: And we received a number of really great investment ideas.
1: Yeah, we really did. But one of the ideas really stood out for us and it's a Norwegian company called Kahoot that operates a platform for educational games. We'd like to thank one of
0: our listeners, Jens from Denmark, Thank you, Jens, for suggesting this investment idea. A copy of the 100 Bagger's book is on its way with our compliments.
1: Jens, we hope it serves as a great guide as you try to find other 100 Bagger opportunities on your own investment journey. And in today's episode, we're going to have a good look at how Kahoot stacks up using the telescope
0: lenses to assess its potential. Looking forward to it. But first, have you got a story of the week for us, Albert? Yes, I read last week that Snapchat has released its TikTok competitor. Yeah, I heard a little bit about that, but I haven't read too deep. So what are they doing? Well, in the same way that Instagram have launched a TikTok competitor called Reels and YouTube have released their one called YouTube Shorts, Snapchat have released one called Spotlight, but it has a twist. It's going to pay its content creators a share of $1 million a day for their content.
1: Yeah, I heard it's like a virtual leaderboard and Snapchatters vote with their likes and each spotlight makes it up through the ranking and the best one each day gets a million bucks.
0: This might be the first time where likes on a social media platform are actually worth something. Yeah, it's like a big global
1: virtual version of American Idol.
0: Yeah, and they're saying that it doesn't really matter how many followers
1: you have, each person's video will be treated the same. So I guess this is an interesting business model where the platform is starting to pay for its users to try and generate viral content. Do you think it's going to increase Snapchat's penetration? I'm not sure, Luke, but I think this is more
0: evidence that the users on a social media network are the product, are not the customer. Generally, customers pay for a service and not the other way around. Yeah, good point. I don't use Snapchat, do you? No, Luke, I don't use Snapchat, but I don't think we're in the right demographic. I think each social media platform had its own specific group of users. And I heard recently on the Arc Invest podcast that Facebook is a monster if you want to sell stuff to people who are between
1: 55 and 90 years of age. Oh man, that's, uh, that's not good for me because I think I use Facebook as one of my main social networks. I'm not in that demographic yet. Well, you're not far off, Luke. If it counts for anything, I'm also a TikTok user. So that makes me 15 to 25, according to the research. Yes, and this is also where Snapchat sits. Its main users are between the ages of 15 and 25. Well, maybe we both need to embrace the Snapchat model, at least for the next month, so we can earn that million bucks and perhaps plow it into a new investment in Kahoot. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. They are only running to competition until the end of the year. I'll book my plane ticket to Hong Kong
1: now and we'll make some viral videos. Yeah, let's see how much we can make on this Snapchat platform. Well, let's get into Kahoot. I want to know what I'm going to get for my million dollar investment. So Kahoot is a company based in
0: Oslo. Norway. It was founded in 2012 as a joint project with the Norwegian
1: University of Science and Technology. They're listed on the lower exchange in Oslo. It's a bit like the AIM market in the UK. It's a smaller market for lower market cap companies and younger companies that are coming to market, but they're expecting to list on the main market in Oslo early next year.
0: They actually IPO'd fairly recently. They IPO'd last year in October with a market valuation of around 5.6
1: billion Norwegian kroner, And they've grown today to just over 3 billion US dollar valuation. So that's kind of a 5 or 6x multiple over, what, 18 months?
0: And we started this conversation because we wanted to look for stocks that have the potential to 100x. And 100x from here would give it a market cap of around 336 billion US dollars,
1: which is optimistic, but not unrealistic. Yeah, I think it's very optimistic for an education platform, but you're right. It's not an impossible valuation. Who knows where the company will get to? And they say their vision is to be the leading learning platform in the world. And their mission statement is to make learning awesome. That's a pretty cool mission statement. That's pretty inspiring. I like the idea. Yes, I really like their mission statement. So let's get into what they actually do. So I think they've got three core markets they aim at. The first one is education, and they've got a Kahoot EDU product that they sell into schools and universities. They've also got a work product called Kahoot 360 for corporates, and they've now got a Kahoot Plus platform, which is aimed at the home, and that's for families.
0: Maybe we should explain how Kahoot works. What Kahoot! allows you to do is to create these online games, these quizzes, if you like, which they call Kahoots. Each Kahoot! is a kind of a quiz that educators can create and then have players play together. There's two ways of playing these games. One is by using a shared screen to display the questions. Then each player can answer the questions on their own device. And they can also play by themselves on a single screen that shows both the question and
1: the answers that they can select from. And I had a bit of a play with it. It's quite fun. It's pretty lighthearted. I think one aspect that Kahoot! get really right is the competitive angle. And it's really cool. As you answer each question, you see yourself running up and down the leaderboard and it really gives a sense of competition. So I can see how this would be really engaging for kids and to have fun around. Yeah, this reminds me of when I went to a spin class.
0: I can see your position on a leaderboard. It might push you to cycle that little bit harder. Did it push you to turning down the tension on the bike and cheating? (laughs) I wasn't anywhere near the top, so I didn't have to worry about that. There are some crazy people at spin class. (laughs) Actually, let's start with a bit of history. who started as an idea from Professor Alf Ingevang from the Department of Computer Science at the Norwegian University of Science and Technology. It was actually initially called Lecture Quiz, which I think is a terrible name, and I'm really glad they changed it.
1: Yeah, you could rely on a computer scientist to come up with a poor name like that. Lecture Quiz. Imagine being in front of a class of kids and saying,
0: Hey kids, we're going to start playing Lecture Quiz.
1: <laughs> and then we are going to go for food eat
0: afterwards. (laughs) Thankfully, they changed their name to Kahoot when they founded the company in 2012.
1: So today, Kahoot's used by over 6 million teachers worldwide, about half of them being in the USA, and they've got over a billion players. So if you ask anyone under the age of 25, they probably recognize Kahoot.
0: We're not parents, nor are we teachers. And it's been a long time since we were under the age of 25. Before we looked at this company, we hadn't even heard of Kahoot, never played around with it. So we thought we would ask somebody who has used it, what
1: they thought of it. Here's our friend Barbara and her daughter Grace, who's an enthusiastic Kahoot user. It's a game that you play, lots of people can join in, you get to choose a nickname, there are questions, there are four answers and you have to choose the correct one. If you're making it, you can choose if you want to have four answers the person has to choose from or if it will be true or false.
0: Are there different categories?
1: Oh, actually, in the Kahoot app, you can choose anything you want. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it fun? Yeah. Do you think you learn a lot from it? Well, we usually do it from what we've already learned to see if we can remember it. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Bye. Well, thank you, Grace, for that wonderful feedback. Yeah, it's great to hear from one of the billion users of the platform to know that it's helping Grace and her classmates remember the lessons they're learning. We looked at a couple of studies which talked about the benefit of this type of engagement in learning. It does seem to boost students' engagement, motivation, concentration, and like the learning outcomes. But it has to be said
0: that these studies were done at the Norwegian University of Science and Technology, so they may be slightly biased.
1: I did actually find a longitudinal study, though, that looked at 93 other studies of Kahoot. Wow, I mean, the fact there's 93 studies on Kahoot, that's interesting, isn't it? That picked out the same benefits, but it also pulled out a number of themes around challenges with these type of platforms. And those are things like technical issues and some kids having maybe a slower connection or the battery dying on their phone. But also the competitive aspect isn't great for all kids and maybe creates stress and time pressure and fear of losing or feeling a bit futile if you can't catch up if you're too far down the leaderboard. So kind of pros and cons, but definitely these studies seem to be net positive in terms of boosting engagement. I haven't used Kahoot!
0: myself, but maybe there's options to disable that feature. So you only show, say, the top five
1: people and not the bottom five, for example. Yeah, perhaps. I've played a couple of Kahoot!s while we're preparing for this episode, but only as a player, not as a creator. It'd be interesting to see what features they've
0: got. Kahoot! has really grown in the last 12 months due to the COVID pandemic. I think its tailwinds of remote learning have been accelerated by the lockdowns. They seem to have had great
1: growth over the last couple of years, but it does seem to have accelerated a little bit during coronavirus. And what I'm seeing in the numbers is not so much an accelerated growth in the number of users, but more growth in the use of the platform within their existing user base.
0: If I had to name the mega trend in which they play, I would call it the gamification of learning.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's not something we've talked about specifically, but we know gamification is a way of increasing the take up of You're trying to introduce a bit of competition into exercise or diet or something like that and help players really get the benefit out of something by introducing a bit of competition between friends.
0: Absolutely. And what is their market? Well, I would say their market is all education worldwide, all teachers, all homes even, and also all
1: companies. I'm kind of skeptical about some of the total addressable market numbers that we found. And it's, it is really hard to figure out the total addressable market for any product. I saw two studies, but one was by Forbes and it quoted $250 billion spend on EdTech. But that was really, really wide scope. Even with Kahoot at maximum penetration and really broadened, they're still only going to take a bit of a nibble out of that $250 billion. But that's a huge number.
0: Well, I think Kahoot themselves have stated that their total addressable market is around 20 billion US dollars, which seems a bit more reasonable.
1: Yeah, I guess. And if we look at their forecasts for the next couple of years, they're anticipating $100 million annual revenues by the end of 2022. So that's still a tiny proportion of even that smaller $20 billion number. And the way it works is that they have a subscription model where users pay to create and host these Kahoot games.
0: Prices range from about $10 to $40 per month. Different membership levels provide more features
1: and allow more players to play at the same time. Kahoot have also been on a bit of an acquisition tear and they've brought up a number of other companies to try and help them broaden out. Kahoot have recently acquired Drops that have a language learning product i had a bit of a play with drops it's quite fun actually it's an app that runs on your phone and it's quite an innovative way of learning a new language i was able to do a quick five minute revision of some of my cantonese homework from a couple of years ago
0: what cantonese do you know luke <laughs> oh crap putting me on the spot uh please give a message
1: to our <laughs> hong kong listeners right, give me a minute think of something that's not too uh <laughs> not too rude <laughs> uh Hong uh yi Teach, what's teaching? Hok jaw or that's to learn. Hok is to learn and gao to teach. Could I say, ngō gao lei dei,
0: That's not bad, Luke but I recommend you go back to drops and and get cracking. (laughs) I'm I'm blushing on Zoom Mal. but you've caught me out. Kahoot also acquired a company called Actimo in September this year. And Actimo allows them to get into the market of corporate training. Yeah,
1: now I've got to say, I'm really skeptical about the whole Kahoot at work angle. I, I had a bit of a look at Actimo and I can see what they're trying to do. You sell the Kahoot at work to me. I don't get it.
0: Well, in every workplace that I've worked in, They've always been employee training. And most of the time, they're pretty boring. It's like slides of information followed by multiple choice questions. If they could make this more engaging or even more social, I think more
1: employees wouldn't mind doing the corporate training. I kind of get the idea, but I just don't get the implementation. I looked at an example of a Kahoot at work, and they have one deployed to their own website that teaches you about Kahoot, the company. And I tried to imagine using that in my company. Okay, it's kind of fun. But it still looks like a product designed for your kids, not for grown-ups. And I can see this really working at something like an offsite or some kind of team building event where it is kind of fun oriented and you're trying to maybe wake everybody up after a heavy lunch and get them ready for the afternoon of learning. But I can't see Kahoot being embedded into the real learning journeys with an organization. It's just not serious enough for me.
0: Well, Kahoot's only been around for a short time. They were founded in 2012 and launched their first product at the end of 2013. And they've probably only been in corporate training for about two years now. I'm sure they will learn how to... To engage
1: employees better yeah perhaps and the acquisition of Actimo is quite interesting it seems like an example of how Actimo is used is to help HR manage the onboarding journey for a new joiner maybe get them to sit their various e-learnings and get engaged with the company in a bit of a faster more streamlined manner okay well let's look at their customers Kahoot was actually free to use
0: for the first five years of its life. And this allowed them to build a huge user base.
1: And Kahoot themselves
0: say they are used by 87% of the top 500 universities in the world and
1: 97% of the Fortune 500 companies. In a big global organization like the bank I work for, if one team happen to be using Kahoot maybe for a little offsite. Kahoot would be gleefully adding that company to their roster. I don't buy that that 97% represents embedded usage across at those organizations.
0: Well, Kahoot are claiming that revenue from large corporations is growing their Dubna, their dollar-based net retention rate is very high. Overall, it's between 90 and 100%. And they're saying for large corporations, it's even higher. Yeah, Dubna is a really
1: good metric to tell you how much value existing users are getting out of the product and whether they're continuing to spend that money or even increase their spend. So a Dubna over 100% is a healthy number, no argument.
0: Well, just to give an indication of how large their audience is, they say that over 6 million teachers use Kahoot. And they have over 1 billion users playing Kahoot games in over 200 countries in the world. And in fact, 50% of the teachers
1: in the US are using Kahoot. So that's interesting. When I read that number initially, my gut reaction was, well, hell, they've already scaled into that market. They've almost taken the entire market. Where do they go from here?
0: But most of those users are not paying customers yet. They launched a premium subscription a few years ago and less than 2% of its active accounts are paid subscribers. Active
1: accounts are the accounts that allow you to create and host these Kahoot games. And that's the really key fact because it's much easier to sell products to your existing customers than it is to acquire new customers. So if today Kahoot have got 50% of all teachers, but only 2% of their users are actually spending any kind of serious money, they've got a massive scope to sell into that
0: audience. And they're also growing the number of users. From the end of 2018 to now, the active accounts have grown from about 12 million to 21
1: million. In terms of paid subscriptions, it's growing at 34% quarter on quarter. So that's a massive number. That's well over 100% growth annually. And it seems like they've sustained that for the last two years since they went public. Plotting that into the future is really significant revenues that could justify a much higher valuation. Who has paying customers
0: in more than 150 countries? Mostly the US and Canada, but Europe is catching up very quickly.
1: I guess we have to be a little bit cautious because the market today is being driven by the tailwind of coronavirus. It does seem like we're about to turn a corner on the pandemic and maybe all this remote learning and e-learning is gonna come back into the classroom middle of next year? Possibly,
0: but remember, the growth was also very high before the pandemic, and during the pandemic,
1: it's only accelerated. I tend to agree that if I'm a teacher and I've incorporated Kahoot into my own learning practices, I'm probably not gonna give it up if it's giving me value, even when my students are sat back in the classroom rather than being remote at home on Zoom.
0: I think that leads us to why Kahoot has such a big advantage in this space. Technology-wise, it's quite simple. It's just a platform for hosting games, but their big advantage is this huge user base.
1: They have massive network effects. And the other big angle that we haven't really got into yet is the library of content that they have and that they're continuing to build. And for me, this is a really compelling part of the Kahoot growth story.
0: Yes, they say they have over 50
1: million Kahoot's available for anybody to use on their platform. They've created those Kahoot's in partnership with companies like Disney, National Geographic, the Encyclopedia Britannica. Disney could easily go build their own quiz app. But instead of doing that, they've partnered with Kahoot and they've created Kahoot's around their content. And so that gives them brand exposure because they're targeting their demographic, which is kids. And it also allows educators to leverage the huge library of Disney Kahoot's for their own learning. And this
0: library of high quality content is another big moat for Kahoot. It reminds me of Netflix
1: and how their huge library of original content attracts and retains their customers. You know what it reminds me of is the ways Tesla have laid out the supercharger network. And when you drive around from place to place and you see these Tesla chargers everywhere, it reminds you about the value of the car you're driving and how Tesla are miles ahead of their electric competitors. Well, well done Luke for mentioning Tesla in this episode. I didn't think you had it in you, but obviously you
0: are more of a Musk fan than I thought.
1: Maybe I stretched the metaphor a bit hard, but I got my Musk point for this week.
0: Another thing that Kahoot are doing, they're rolling out a new feature called Kahoot Academy Marketplace. This is really interesting because it allows educators to create
1: these kahoots and then market them on the platform in any way they want. If you're a great educator and you've got a really interesting way of maybe teaching kids about maths, you can really increase your own brand by publicizing your kahoots and having other teachers use them.
0: Yeah, the surprising thing is that Kahoot are not planning to take any sales commission from this marketplace. They're really emphasizing the educational value of the Kahoot platform.
1: I guess that's how they started out a couple of years ago. They weren't charging users, and that's how they accelerated their growth. Maybe that's the roadmap for the marketplace. Perhaps they monetize it one day. So let's just have a quick look through some of the other telescope lenses quickly. Maybe just very briefly, costs of production. So Kahoot! seem to have very, very low operational costs. Their marketing is all viral and word of mouth. Yeah, it's interesting
0: because it's their users that create the content. They themselves don't do that. They just maintain the platform. And one reason for their corporate growth is that students use
1: Kahoot in school
0: and then they bring it to
1: their workplace. They seem to have a really good brand. I was actually looking at Twitter this morning and just browsing Kahoot. And it's really positive. Kids all over the world tweeting about winning their local Kahoot game in the last couple of days. So it seems to be a really positive engagement.
0: I also saw that Kahoot provided free access to its premium features during the coronavirus pandemic when everybody was locked down. Not only is this a good thing to do, but it's also good business sense. It allowed them to grow their user base even more quickly. Yeah, that's smart actions by leadership. Talking of leadership, the CEO is a guy called Eilert Goetzen Hanawa. And he's been CEO from December 2019.
1: Yeah, he was previously the chairman. I think he was actually also one of the first investors in the company. And so that means he's already got a pretty substantial stockholding. I think he's got something like 8% of the company.
0: Yeah, I think overall, the total insider ownership
1: is 38.9%, which is quite high. Yeah, it really is. It's very high. Shows that leadership have got real skin in the game. We took a look at their Glassdoor ratings. I've got to be honest, they're a little bit out of date. They seem to be referencing the prior CEO, although he's got a CEO rating of 100%. That's only based on five ratings. So really not a meaningful data point. Let's talk a bit about their competitors. So I don't know much about the EdTech space, so I didn't recognize many of the names, but one or two that stood out for me when I looked at the competition. There was an education company called Quizlet that seems to do the same kind of thing as Kahoot. Mini quizzes aimed at the education sector. They're currently a private company, They had a last funding round earlier this year, which gave them a valuation of $1 billion. They do seem to have some interesting AI-powered technologies in terms of tailoring learning towards the student. But I think one key piece they're missing compared to Kahoot is the partnerships and the huge scale. They do seem to be making higher revenues. It looks like they're bringing in something like $75 million a year compared to Kahoot's $40 million.
0: Yeah, I've used Quizlet, Luke. Uh, I see it primarily as a revision tool. I didn't see it as a competitor to Kahoot per se. Maybe their feature set has expanded since last time I saw it. It's
1: probably a good reminder that Kahoot are really doing something quite specific in the education sector. But what they've got is a tiny slice of the overall learning. As you say, if Quizlet are focused more on revision and self-study, that's not really an angle that Kahoot are chasing.
0: Well, let's have a look at the financials. As we mentioned earlier, the market cap for this company is around 3 billion US dollars, which is still quite small with a lot of room to grow.
1: Yeah, they've raised money recently. They had an investment from SoftBank Group. I think they raised just over 200 million dollars. And the idea of that was to help them continue to grow and to drive some of these targeted acquisitions.
0: SoftBank, that sounds familiar. Aren't they the investors that invested in WeWork? They lost their shirt on
1: WeWork. But they've still got an almost bottomless fund of seed capital to help smaller companies grow.
0: And I guess you can't hit home runs every single time.
1: Hopefully Kahoot will
0: be one of their home runs. Kahoot's business is growing very nicely. And I think they achieved positive cash
1: flow for the first time in Q3 this year. Yeah, that's quite an important inflection point for the company. So they're not truly profitable yet, but now they've got positive cash flow. So it means they're starting to generate money that they can spend themselves to grow the business.
0: Yeah, and because of the paid subscriptions and the increasing number of premium subscribers, revenues have grown very quickly from $1.7 million in late 2018 to $11.6 million in the last quarter, representing a quarter-on-quarter growth rate of 31%.
1: I noticed that Kahoot are guiding for full-year revenues this year of $40 million, which is also 220% year-on-year growth. But it has to be said that this gives
0: them a price-to-sales ratio of around 75, which gives them a very high valuation. But
1: the reason this isn't a completely insane valuation is that they're not standing still. They're continuing to grow. Yeah, I agree. This price to sales ratio is a little bit misleading when your company has grown so quickly, as is the case with Kahoot. Yeah, they're definitely a young company, strong growth. They've got good international penetration. They're pushing their optionality, trying to get into the business sector. They've made some smart acquisitions. They're flow positive. I think this is really interesting, but you do have to be a bit cautious about that valuation, perhaps.
0: And I think investors can expect huge volatility, as any sign of decreasing growth is likely to send the valuation south.
1: Definitely. And I think we can almost certainly expect that as we start to conquer coronavirus middle of next year. And while I don't expect Kahoot to shrink, I imagine the growth rates will slow down. So as we wrap up, we think that 100x growth for this company is
0: optimistic, but not entirely unrealistic. If they can become say the facebook for education
1: that valuation is more than reasonable yeah they've got the possibility of being a hundred bagger they'd have to continue this journey for decades and really expand their penetration but the fact that they've got nearly half of all the teachers in the main markets they operate in is a really good sign and particularly that those teachers are maintaining or increasing their spend on the platform year after year
0: so we spent the last few days looking into the company quite deeply And I feel I know quite a lot about the company now, but let me ask you directly, Luke, what are your
1: investment plans for Kahoot? Yeah, good one. That is the key takeaway, isn't it? Are we actually going to invest in it ourselves? So I'm going to say thank you, Jens, for bringing this to our attention. I wouldn't have known about Kahoot otherwise. I'm really interested, actually. I like the company. I like their products. And I think this is definitely not a no for me. I think this is a distinct possibly yes. I think I'm going to refine my investment decision by trying to create a couple of Kahoot's Maybe I can host a pub quiz for you guys in Hong Kong and we'll do that virtually and we'll see how much fun it is. And if I can leverage some of the Disney and National Geographic content and create a really interesting kahoot myself with low effort at low cost, that's probably going to push me into an investment decision.
0: I agree, Luke. I really like this company. I hadn't heard of Kahoot before. So again, thank you Jens for bringing this to our attention. I think I will put this on my watch list and keep track of its valuation. I think at this price, it's a little overpriced for me, but if there's any weakness in the price, I might just jump in
1: with a small allocation. Yeah, with any of these highly volatile smaller companies, you probably don't want to go wild and chuck your entire investment at it, but something like a small 1% position to start with could be a really good way of getting an entry point for a company like Kahoot. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. If there's a future topic you'd like us to cover, you can message us on Twitter. I'm
0: at Luke Telescope. And I'm at Albert Telescope. Or you can email us at feedback at
1: telescopeinvesting.com. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also find more content at our website, telescopeinvesting.com, where you can leave us a comment or a review. And if this is your first
0: time tuning in, perhaps consider subscribing to the website so you're the first to hear about new articles and episodes as they drop.
1: Thanks, Albert. Thanks, Luke. This podcast is for general information and is not a recommendation to act. Please seek independent investment advice before entering into any financial transaction. Entering into a transaction that involves securities or derivatives puts your capital at risk. Luke and Albert are not regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority or the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, and the companies mentioned in this podcast may be held personally by us. We can't be held responsible or liable for any action taken by a listener, and as ever, past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. Thanks, and happy investing.